where we worry the most is where we trust God the least. This quote from Craig Rochelle, founder and senior pastor of Life Church, was a reminder to me this week as I found myself feeling a bit of anxiety due to an opportunity that came up and some decisions that needed to be made, and I realized I wasn't putting my trust fully in God. Then I started reading the book of James. A little backstory on James, not to be confused with James, the son of Zebedee and brother of John, but rather James, Jesus's half-brother, the son of Mary and Joseph. You may be thinking that Mary and Joseph were Jesus's parents too, so why would he be his half-brother? But keep in mind that Mary conceived Jesus through the Holy Spirit prior to having relations with Joseph, so Joseph was his earthly father, but not his blood. We know from John 7 verse 5, which says, For even his own brothers didn't believe in him, that James did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah during his ministry on earth. I am sure he and his brothers witnessed some of the miracles that Jesus performed, but we all know that our family members can be our worst critics. I can picture them having a hard time wrapping their minds around the fact that their brother was fully human, but also fully God and the long-awaited Messiah. Think about your own family, and if you have any siblings, imagine them trying to convince you of something like this. You would probably laugh in their face or think they were Looney Tunes. In the beginning of the book of James, it says, James, a servant, or bond servant, depending on the translation you are reading, of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. A bond servant in this case is referred to someone who voluntarily decides without payment to dedicate their life fully and permanently to the Lord Jesus. Someone whose faith will not waver and will remain in this position serving Jesus to the end of their days, not serving any other masters and willing to die for him. This first sentence tells us that James not only believes now, but he is willing to give his life for this belief. So when did this drastic 180 take place? In 1 Corinthians 15.7, Paul tells us that Jesus appeared to James after his resurrection. Going back to your own family again, can you picture one of your siblings coming back to visit you after you've laid them to rest? I can only imagine James's face when he saw his brother in the flesh again, having proof of his resurrection by showing him his nail-scarred hands and feet. What a reunion that must have been. Many Christians had scattered due to a fear of persecution, but James stuck around to help the church and became a well-known leader in Jerusalem. I find it funny that he never mentions in the book of James that he was Jesus's brother. He only calls out that he is a servant of Jesus. This speaks volumes about his faith. He could have tried to gain notoriety from being the Messiah's brother, but he wasn't looking at what he could get out of the situation. He wasn't looking to serve himself. He only wanted to serve the Lord. Can we say the same about ourselves? Continuing on with James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. These verses tell us that no matter what our circumstances are, we should be joyful because through these experiences, we are growing spiritually and our faith is being fully developed. Our circumstances help us to grow closer to God and we learn to trust him. When everything is perfect and running smoothly in your life, do you find yourself looking up and reaching out to God? Or is it in those difficult and rocky moments that you then seem to remember the man upstairs and call out to him for help? In our selfish human nature, we tend to forget about God when we don't think we need him. So it's in the hard times that we really begin to grow and put our faith in something bigger than ourselves. Verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. During your difficult seasons, don't be afraid to ask God to help you through a situation or guide you in the right direction. This doesn't mean that God is going to give you exactly what you ask, but James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Is your heart in the right place? Is what you're asking for to build God's kingdom or your own? Are you asking for something to increase your popularity or to bless others? If what we request is God's will for our lives, he will provide. But we cannot ask all wishy-washy without faith, doubting his power or that he won't come through. I'm not sure who said it, but I love this saying about prayer. If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right and the timing is right and you are right, God says go. We need to pray with hearts full of faith, knowing that if we want what God wants, nothing can stand in the way. Jumping to verse 12, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. What a beautiful promise this is. We will be spiritually rich and favored by God if we stand firm in God's truth and resist the temptation to let our circumstances get the best of us. We will have victory over our situation and a more abundant relationship with God. And who knows, maybe even an additional reward waiting for us in heaven. Wear that victory in your heart like a badge of honor as a reminder of how you persevered and got through to the other side, even stronger and more resilient than you were before. Where are you putting your trust today? Do you need to make any adjustments in this area? Are you putting it in yourself and other people to get you through a difficult decision or troubling circumstance? Or are you putting your trust in the one who works all things for the good of those who love him? Someone out there needed to hear this message today, but this teaching is also for me as I needed to make some alignments in my trust walk this week too. I am learning right alongside of you We are in this together, but more importantly, Jesus is walking step by step right beside us, leading us through. Lean into him. He is already there, ready and waiting for you. Remember to trust in God to help you live your best life.
my shield, my firm foundation. I know I will not be shaken. You remind me where my help comes from. This is the truth I'm standing.